Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. I am so honored and humbled to be able to share with you today, um, to my family and my friends who came, and to my church family, and to those I'm just meeting, I'm Lisa, and today, this morning, we get to talk about the topic of peace, which I'm excited about, um, I want more of, and I'm still learning to live out in my life. Um, When I was first approached to talk on this topic, our pastor, Joel, the one with the, the big beard and the mulligan, um, Irish, Irish, Australian, British, I don't know accent, accent that was, um, he said to me something in, the, in the, 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 the way, I don't know what's paraphrased, he said, you seem to have a, a peaceful demeanor. And I had two opposite reactions to that statement. I was like, oh, thanks that you think that. And oh, if you only knew. So on the outside, I, I am more of a quiet person. I do not like being the center of attention. So joke's on me today. And um, I, I naturally am a peacemaker. And I, I hope to bring peace into situations. But if you could get a peek inside here or here, you'd see there's a lot of emotional chaos going on in here. Um, I am naturally much more prone to worry, to doubt, to fear, to overanalyze situations way too much. Um, A great way to illustrate this, you only have to look at my family's skiing adventures. So um, my husband, Nate, and my son, Gabe, who's 19, my daughter, who's 17, they love to ski. Me, I... I like to ski. I'm like learning to like to ski. But um, yeah, if you would have an aerial view of the slopes, you would pan in on them, not me, them, the three of them on the black diamond slopes, you know, the really, really big ones, the ones where you put your skis over the edge of the hill and you just can't even see the hill below you because it just drops off. And they literally like just shoot off of it and they're like whooping and hollering and so excited. And they just fly, I mean straight, like straight down the hill, fly. And they it just grins in their face and they get to the end, they're high-fiving, let's do it again. Okay, pan away from them and let's go over to me on the green and the blue hills, which if you're not a skier, they're the much easier hills. Like the gradient's more like this. You know, and it's see me on the top of the hill. I'm white knuckling my ski poles. I'm deep breathing, and I'm literally self-talking to myself. You can do this. You can do this. And then I slowly start going over the edge, and I make these S curves to create as much friction as possible and get down in one piece. So I don't understand it. My family describes skiing as freeing and exhilarating and peaceful. Me, I would not describe it that way. I'm more like, it's challenging, and I'm accomplished when I get to the end if I didn't wipe out. But it's tense. It's a tense ride for me. Well, I'm like that in my mind, too. I can overthink. I can get tensed up when a situation hits, um, whether it's a shocking situation that hits me or one that I've been thinking about for a long time. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of angst in here. And, and truly, it comes in... A good intentions in that I want myself and I want everyone that I love around me to be okay. I want us all to be safe. I don't want us to hit a lot of bumps in life. I don't want to let tension or heartache for anybody. So it comes from a good place, but it's fearful. 
And I say this all because, this is not confessions of Lisa up here, but because, I, and honestly, I'd really rather you not know that about me, but I don't think I'm alone. I think in this room, there's a lot of us that are prone to fear or worry or anxiety, that life isn't easy all the time, and um, to let you know you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, I, too, get frustrated with unmet expectations. Um, I get stressed going into work. Um, I get anxious over finances and relationships and marriage tensions and parenting angst. Um, life isn't easy. And life throws us some blows and has thrown me some blows um, that take my breath away from betrayal to damaged relationships to hurtful words from people that love me, um, to you know, grief, um, to death, to loss, um, to the frustrations of things that just aren't working out well and right and how I think they should. And our stories may not be exactly the same, but I know that in all of our stories, we're all human and we're all in the hard. And I know life doesn't go seamlessly and perfectly and beautifully, and that we're all in it together. It's not always peaceful. But the good news is, and what I want to share with you today, is that peace is obtainable, and there's a way in which God's heart sees us, cares for us, and wants peace for us, and he provides that. And how do I know this? Well, one of the ways is our, is our theme scripture that we've been working through in this series the last few weeks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. And it says through the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of fruits that arise and, and are, we get to experience, and peace is one of them. Um, we've already talked through a few each week of different fruit, but today is peace. And um, just as a reminder, we're saying this every single week, this fruit comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not something that is produced by us, but it's produced in us. So in other words, we don't muster it up. It's not, I will be peaceful, I will be peaceful, I will be peaceful. You know, it's not us trying to grit that out. It's actually the Holy Spirit that generates it inside of us and arises us in it, and we get to partake in it and participate with God in it. So it is in the, it's in the Bible and saying, here, here's, the, here's one of the fruits of the Spirit that we can enjoy. And, and um, it's from God. Another, um, and also, too, I want to say, and this is a side note, I was thinking about this as preparing, you know, literal fruit. Think about literal fruit coming off of a tree. Um, it's evidence. It's, um, it's produced off of the tree when that tree is alive, it's active, it has good conditions, um, nutrients, it's growing, it's maybe in the right season, and boop, out comes the fruit, right? It's just an evidence that this, this tree is active. Well, in the same way, when the Holy Spirit is alive and active in us, um, it's conducive, it's growing, boop, peace gets to boop, the evidence that comes out in our life that we get to participate and we get to participate in. Um, another evidence that God is for us and wants peace and provides peace for us is in John 14, 27. And it will be on the screen, but I'm going to read it for us too. It says, peace I leave you, peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So I want to sit in this passage just for a few minutes because there's a lot of good gems we can mine out of this passage to really help us get our heads and our hearts around peace. So the first thing, it seems simple, but it says, peace I give you. And what God is saying here is, I can give you that peace. Okay, it's like a gift. It's offering it to us. And we can accept it and we can receive it. He said, I have the ability to give it to you and I want to give it to you. He also then says, I do not give as the world gives. Well, that makes me pause. Okay, if God's saying he's giving me peace that's unlike the world, well then, what are the contrasts here? And it was interesting because the more I dug into this, God not only gives us a different kind of peace, but he gives it in a different way. So I want to unpack that for a minute. What kind of peace does the world give? And just as a, a, a definition, so we're all on the same page, the world is where we're living and what we're in and what we're interacting in right here, okay? So what kind of peace does the world give? Well, I think the world and God would both say peace is absence of conflict, relationally, um, situationally, calmness, right, um, harmony. But the world, I think, takes it a little further. It takes a little further in saying, hey, peace is lack of responsibility, like no responsibilities and no stresses. Like everything's perfect, everything's awesome, and that's what we are striving towards. And I think the, P, the world tries to give me and you a lot of different ways to get this peace. Um, but it's almost like a false escape button, you know, like escape from life, like totally, is, is what the world translates as peace. Now, there's nothing wrong with rest, hear me. There's nothing wrong with rest. I love a good nap. I love a good book. I love to go for a walk with my puppy dog and disappear. I love watching Netflix without anyone interrupting me. I love a good vacation. All those things are beautiful and needed as reprieves in their chaotic world. But I think what I'm trying to explain is that the world says grasp on all those things all the time and just disappear and just run and, and every, just get away from the hard. And so it invites us in different ways to chase after peace, like make more money, you'll be peaceful, be more successful, have the perfect image, um, or another, another way too is like a numb it out, right? Like one more drink, one more hit, like one more thing just to take everything away and forget about everything. And I think the world offers temporary and false reprieves that maybe last for a little bit, but don't sustain a lasting peace. Well, if God's saying he offers his peace a different kind and a different way, let's delve into that for a moment, okay? So God's peace um, is, a, is a fun word. It's a Hebrew word I'm going to share with you called shalom. Pretty fun, huh? Shalom. And this is the essence of, of shalom that God, this is the kind of peace that God wants. And it's a deeper, richer, more meaningful and lasting peace than the world offers. Shalom, yes, still encompasses an absence of conflict or um, that things are going well relationally or situationally, but it's different in that it's about your well-being in all aspects, and there's a contentment and a deep, um, it's like you are thriving even in the midst of the heart. And it's a deep peace that's redemptive. That's kind of a big word, redeeming or redemptive, but that literally means to buy back. 
So out of the hard and out of the broken, he literally wants to make good out of it or make right out of it or restore it, which is beautiful. That's the kind of way God works, and that's the kind of peace. It's all-encompassing, and it actually, like, makes things better. Um, I think Cornelius Plantiga, which is an author, really captures the essence much more than my words can, and I'm going to have it on the screen for you to follow along, but this, this helped me just grab more of the essence of Shalom. It says, the webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight is what the Hebrew prophets call Shalom. We call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or a ceasefire between enemies. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. Isn't that beautiful? And I feel that, and you feel that, we feel that. Like, currently it's not the way things should be, right? There's, there's injustice, there's destruction, there's brokenness. Like... There's a heartbreak, and it isn't the way it should be, and we want, we want that all to be made right, and we want to flourish and thrive in this place. We don't want to get beaten down and beat up, and, and God's saying he wants that delight for us. He wants to for, the fulfillment for us. He wants that justice. He wants to bring that deep shalom, not only to you, but also to those around you. See, shalom is beautiful because it's personal. It's a personal peace just for you that God wants to give you and, and deeply in you, but he also wants to give to us collectively and how we interact with each other. So this shalom idea and our key verse with the fruit of the Spirit, it's tucked into Galatians 5 and the whole chapter. The whole chapter is in the context of community and how we should be interacting with each other and relating to each other. And it gives very, very specific details of, hey, you can live for yourself, or you can live by the Spirit for others. And if you live by yourself, here's a whole bunch of outworkings of that and examples of that that just lead to destruction and just fraction of the community. And if you live by the Spirit for each other, and think about that list, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Like if you're living out of that for people around you, how beautiful is our community going to look? How beautiful will your workplace look and your neighborhood look and your home look? Like how that builds up instead of build, destroys down. And God is saying, I want shalom for you and I want shalom for all of you collectively together and how you interact. And that is a beautiful, deeper kind of peace than the world can offer. I also said that shalom, or God gives a different kind of peace, so shalom but he gives it in a different way. And I'm gonna dig into that for just a moment as well. In the context of the passage of John, in which John 14, 27, which I was reading about peace I give you, peace I leave you, and I don't give the world goes, there's a verse right before that. And um, it puts it in a little more in context. This is actually Jesus speaking. And he is about to die. He's about to leave his disciples. He's talking to his followers, and they don't know that he's about to go. They don't know that he's about to die, and they don't even understand why he's about to die on the cross. They don't understand that he is willing, and he's going to take all of humanity's wrongdoing on himself and take that punishment for us, because right now our relationship with God is broken, because we've 
we've been done wrong against God. And Jesus is saying, let me take all that punishment, and you get to have a restored relationship with God. They don't get that. They don't understand what's coming. But Jesus does, and he's trying to help them understand this and help them understand he's going away. Um, and in, in breaking this news to them, he's also comforting them. And he's saying, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you with something. And this is in verse 26, right before 27 verse. I'm going to add it to it. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And then he goes into peace I leave you, peace I give you. What he's saying, what he's saying here, and this is like, if you've tuned me out this whole time, tune in right here. What he's saying is, I'm giving you myself. See, the Holy Spirit is God with us and interacting with us. Jesus was one man, one physical man, limited in time and space. And as he goes, he's saying, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit now, which is God within us. And it's going to be with each and every one of you personally. And it's not going to be defied by time and space. It's in every generation from here on out. It's in every time frame. It's in every person. It's accessible always. In other words, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. You're not alone. I'm going to be your personal peace. In, in the Greek, Holy Spirit means paraclete, which is a fun name to say. And what that translates to is helper, advocate, intercessor, comforter. He's saying this is what's coming. I'm leaving, but here's the Holy Spirit. This is how I'm going to give you peace. In other words, you're not alone. You're not alone. Every single thing you're going to step through, I'm going to be with you. So peace is found in a person. Peace is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. So if God is saying to us, I'm offering you a different kind of peace, shalom. I'm offering you a different way of peace, myself. How do we access this personal peace? Okay, how do we like, get into it a little bit more, like a little more practical? Well, I am a reading teacher, and I love words, and I love alliteration. So since we've already done peace and person, and we're with the P theme, I got some more P's for you, all right? We have three more P's for you. And this is a way we can continue just to know how can we access this personal peace? How can we move and um, interact with the person um, the Holy Spirit in order to gain peace. Well, first, we're going to grab onto his promises, okay, his promises. God is amazing and littered all through the Bible. There's tons of promises about who he is and what he does. And I think the biggest promise, like, I don't know, I'm going to claim it. It's the biggest promise, for me at least. I think it's all for all of us, is he is faithful to us. He is faithful to us. He tells us, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm with you. Okay, so in that faithfulness, you are not alone. Um, and, and out of that flows so many other things. And these are references all through Scripture. But in his faithfulness, he says, I do not give up on you. No matter how much you mess up, no matter how much you hurt someone else, no matter all the ways you fall flat on your face, he does not give up on us. He does not. We're not alone. He's not going to give up on us. And in turn, he loves us. He forgives us. He picks us back up and keeps us going. 
He gives us strength. He gives us wisdom. He gives us guidance. Um, he gives us comfort. Do you know God fights for you? I love that scripture. He fights for me. He fights for you. Even when we can't see it and understand it, he's for you. He also says that he has plans for you to give you a hope and a future. Now, I'm going to press pause. We don't always see that, do we? This is the world we live in. We don't always understand God's plans. It's a mystery to us. And let's be honest, God doesn't micromanage us. We're not robots. We make our own choices, and people around us make their own choices, and they can have some really devastating effects. For us, that's not God's plan. <laughs> but God promises that he has a hope and a future for us, and he can bring good out of the hard. And as he promises, he's going to stay faithful to us, and he is good to us, and we are not alone. That is a place that we can tuck in, and in his constancy, we can have peace. Our circumstances change, I mean, daily. They can change daily. Our emotions change daily. But God remains constant. God remains the same, and his promise that he says to us does not go away. And that's why he bookends at the end of John 14, 27. I love this. When he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, that's what he's saying. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. I am with you, and I'm not going anywhere. The second P is perspective. God offers perspective. I know when I need a perspective shift, when I just don't have all the answers and then I don't know what to do, I often go to my husband or I go to my best friend, Jen. They can see outside of me. They can see a bigger perspective. They know me or they just see angles, different ways to look at things that I haven't even thought of and I need their perspective. God invites us that we can, he can come shift our perspective. He says, don't be anxious, but come in and give you peace. And I think one of the best verses to illustrate that, it was read earlier in the service, but it's in um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'm going to have it up on the screen so you can see it. This is a beautiful playbook of how to go th with him to get to peace. Do not be anxious, he tells us, about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He's saying to us, don't be anxious. Come to me. Come to me with every single situation. And you hear what he's saying? Talk to me. Pray. Ask of me. Petition. Be thankful. I always think that's such a weird one to throw in there. But it's beautiful and it's so fascinating to me how um, scientists have done so much research on the brain and there's so much coming out. That's just been a, it's been a, a fun adventure the last years, but they actually are showing that appreciation or thanksgiving releases endorphins in our bodies, and it actually shifts our mood and it shifts our mindset. How awesome is that? Like, God created us, and he already knew that way before um, we, could, we could read the brain, and he's saying, come to me, and even in the heart, even in the heart, think, find things to be thankful for or ways to be thankful, and it actually shifts your perspective. I will help you do that. And do you see what he says as we come and talk with him and interact with him and go to him for perspective change? Do you see the result? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. Have you ever seen someone go through a horrific, horrific, horrific situation and they have peacefulness in it? How does that happen? Well, that's supernatural. That's God helping them in it. 
And I love, too, that he says, you'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I need him to guard my mind. When it is going off the rails, I need him to guard it. When my heart is in total chaos, I need him to guard it. And he says he can do that. Come be with me, he says, and I can shift your perspective. The last P is provision. Provision, and it's kind of been mentioned throughout, but I really want to get back to this. Like, he is the provider. He is the provider of the peace, and he's the power source. It's his supernatural peace that's generated in us. He's offering it to us, as we've, said, as we've been outlined, but also how do we access this power source? Well, it says when we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit, and then we interact with him. And I know, I know, it is difficult to have a relationship because he's a person. It's a difficult to have a relationship with someone you can't see. But I want to encourage you, just like when you hang out with your spouse or your friends, the more you hang out with them, the more you get to know them, right? The more you can see their character, you get to see their faithfulness to you. God's the same way. The more you hear about him, the more you read about him, the more you go talk to him, the more you talk to others about him, the more you get to see his consistency and his constancy. And you get to see and rely on the Holy Spirit. And as you interact with him, um, you're going to realize and experience the peace that he brings you and calms you. So in these three Ps, promises, perspective, provision, bringing it all together, it's staying near him. He's promising he's with us. He's promising you're not alone. And he's promising that he will bring us peace as we come to him. True peace can only be found in God. That true, lasting, deep peace is what's going to carry us through. Um, it wasn't, I, I just, I want to say too, this is an ongoing, this is an ongoing fight for me to have peace. But it's an ongoing fight for continuing to stay near him to get it. And please hear me, this isn't a message of follow these three Ps and you'll have peace. Like just because you know God doesn't make everything perfect and everything's disappeared, right? Follow these three Ps and formulas checked. What I'm telling you, it's not a just do it message. It's a stay near him. Choose to stay near him and out of that will become your peace. You know, it was this last spring, as an example of this, um, I was going through some really hard things. And um, my girl was having a lot of injustices um, that was placed upon her, and I couldn't protect her. Um, I, with, with her sport and, um, that she was in, I was going through a really difficult time in my marriage. There were a lot of circumstances going on around me that I couldn't control. I hadn't asked for. I didn't create. But I was um, really affected by and um, I was not at peace <laughs> at all. Um, and I was up at a little community called Lakeside, up on Lake Erie. And um, I hadn't been there before, and I woke up really early, and I just felt like God inviting me to come talk with him. Just come talk with him and walk with him. So I bundled up and I went outside because it was not a nice day. It was freezing, actually. The, the, the wind was blowing. It was very stormy out. And there was no one outside. Surprise, surprise. It was early, but it was also not inviting weather. But I bundled up and I just went talking and, and trying to process through things. And 
um, I made it to the, the shoreline of Lake Erie, and there was a large pier that went out into the water. And I'm not great at estimations, but I would say it was probably two or 300 feet out and maybe 30 to 40 feet wide. So it was just this big slab of concrete that just went out into Lake Erie. And I I just was drawn to it, and I'm walking out in it. And I'm walking out on it into the water, and it was was fascinating to me because on one side of the pier, there were these waves. I mean, three to four foot high waves just crashing into the pier, just crashing. And they were violent and they were menacing. And I was like scooting over to this side of the pier because I'm like, oh my gosh, like those are some scary waves. They're like white caps slashing and slapping, and I thought, I, I don't want to fall in there because that is like, uh, that's terrifying. That water is terrifying. And I felt like God whispered to me, Lise, that's your heart right now. Yup. And I felt like, okay, I recognize that. On the other side of the pier, I kid you not, it's calm. The water was eh, rippling, maybe three or four centimeters high, but it was placid and more still and quiet. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is the same body of water. It's all Lake Erie. But it was the pier that was breaking up those waves as they were crashing into that pier. And in the opposite side, the effect was calm. And I feel like God's saying to me, I'm your pier. I'm your concrete wall. I'm your bunker. Come stand with me. Come be with me. And let that heart and those circumstances that are just tumultuous for you, boom. Like, that's your life. That's you right now. Let it slap up against me. Stay with me. You are safe with me. You are with me. I am with you. You are not alone. And my heart just started to calm out like the other side of the pier. When I walked off that pier that morning, my circumstances didn't change at all. I had the same set of circumstances, but my heart was in a different place. Instead of looking like the crazy, menacing, violent waves, it was calm and placid. It was rippling still a little, but with God, I was calm. And in that, that is where the peace comes. It's a fight to be near him, but I stood near him and calm down. Last note. Peace, and as I experience that peace and as you experience peace, we can be more peaceful and we can bring peace to others. Fruit is meant to be shared, and that is just God's way. That's God's style. That's his MO. He first loved us even when we didn't love him, and then we go love others. And all those fruit of the Spirit joy, peace, patience, we experience it from God, and then we go share it with others, and we go have a feast with others. He's inviting us and asking us that we foster the shalom in our workplaces, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our families, that we are bring peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. And so as we close down, I have two questions on 
the screen. That will hopefully make it a little more applicable for you in this piece. But in what ways can you just step closer to God and stay near him to access his peace more? Through his promises that you cling to, through his perspective, through his provision, knowing that you need to go to him to get that supernatural peace you can't find anywhere else. Maybe all three. Or, and also, how can you bring peace to others? Um, I hope you can ponder these as the band plays throughout the week. If you need more, um, if you need someone to pray with you, we have an awesome prayer team. They're going to be back in the back. If you just want to understand more about the Holy Spirit or if you have something going on in your life that you just need peace for, we want to help. We want to love you. We want to pray with you. They're available to you in the back. And I would just love to pray for you as we end. God, I just, I thank you and I praise you that you are a God that has a heart that wants us to experience your supernatural peace that only you can bring, that you see us, that you care about us, you know right where we're at, whatever situation we're in or situations. God, that you care for us and you, you promise us we are not alone in it and you're here God, I pray that we can come near you and stay near you to find that peace. And God, I pray that um, as I hit the black diamond slopes of my life that I can just whoop and holler and just go straight down them with you by my side and I can have peace in those places. And I pray that I can look around and see my brothers and sisters in Christ also just whooping and hollering and flying down this crazy place called life as we just find our true peace in you. Thank you, God, for your goodness and for being here. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com.